0: Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. The title of my message today is one word, one simple word, and it is READY ready. Uh, When I was a when I was a child we used to have a program in our church. It was called Royal Rangers. Any of you guys ever heard of that before? Royal Rangers. Yeah, I was a part of Royal Rangers. I loved Royal Rangers. But but part of it is you, you have to memorize these things as a child. And and I still remember I, I don't I think it was like the Royal Ranger motto or something like that, which was called Ready. And so we had to learn it this way. Ready. Watch me. I'm still doing it. I learned this when I was six years old. That that's see actually that's the power of what what's happening back there with our children right now is they learn things, it gets in their heads, and it stays with them for life. So I can still say it, ready, ready for anything, ready to work, serve, play, obey, worship, live, etc. How many of you guys had that memorized also from your, from any Royal Ranger days? No other, Ro- oh, a little bit. Well, I'd, it, it's still there, and it's so interesting because so often through my life, when I've heard the word ready, just standing alone, ready, in my brain, I recite all that again, ready to work, serve, play. I always liked the play part. That was my favorite. That was my favorite. It still is. Work, serve, play, worship, live, and then there's the et cetera, which means everything else under the sun. And, uh, but, but what does that word mean to you? What does the word ready mean to you? What, what comes to mind when you hear the word Ready. I mean, when I was a kid, we used, to, we used to do these foot races all the time. We didn't have as, as, as many of the cool toys. Actually, we didn't have like any of the cool stuff that kids have today. It was just go outside and figure out how to have fun on your own. So we did. And, and one of the things that was, that was popular, especially for little boys, is you like to have foot races. Because there's always this competitive spirit. So let's, let's race one another. Let's, let's do that. And in order to race, we always had to say three words. ready. Set, go. Now, I like doing this because I would mess with mess with their minds. I would go like this. I would go ready, set, go. And they're like, what, what? No, well, you missed it. Sorry, you should you should have caught it. It just when they say go, you got to go. But ready. So what happened then is there is I can still feel it to this day when I say ready. I can feel this 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 tension, I can feel this energy, I can feel this this adrenaline about ready to be released throughout my body ready yes yeah, said go and you, you take off and ultimately that's what it's about I, I looked this word up to to see what it means in the original language now please understand the Bible was not written in English it was written in uh, the New Testament was primarily written in Greek and so you go to the you have to actually kind of look back at the Greek language, it's like what did that actually mean back then and, and it 's really interesting it's, it's, it simply means this Greek, the Greek word "ready" means ready it means prepared to do something or to receive someone. So I'm going to be ready to receive someone. I'm going to be ready to do something and that's what I'm calling us to do. I'm calling you to simply be ready to do something and ready to receive someone. Now, as we're moving into a new year, I have a theme scripture for us for 2023 and we're going to take a look at it and I'd like for us to recite it together so we can learn it and grow with us as well. Hopefully, you'll have this memorized after a while, but take a look at it on the screens. Our our theme scripture is this, Say, so, but you have to be able to imagine it. There it is, okay? It's right up there. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. It's found in Luke 12, 35. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. But be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Come on, say it with me. Just say it with me. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Come on, say it again. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. All right? We're going to to say this a couple more times. Get it into your heart. Get it into your head so that you're going to be saying this kind of like I can say the Royal Ranger motto. All Be dressed what? For service and keep your lamps. Good, good. Come on, let's, let's try it again. Be dressed for and keep your burning. Now close your eyes. <laughs> Come on, just close your eyes. Have some fun with me. Just close your eyes. Come on, just see see how much you can do. Okay, ready? Go. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. And it's so funny. Take a look at me. When when uh, as you did that, as soon as you closed your eyes, I had to look at the screens just to make sure I got it right. So don't feel bad if you peeked. Okay, but but uh, that's that's our theme scripture for the year and our theme word. Our theme. We always have a theme for the year, a word or a phrase. And this year, again, I'm just going to use one word and the word is ready. That is our theme for this year. And I'll tell you how we arrive at that typically about by springtime in any given year, I begin praying for the next year, praying for revelation, praying for direction. So by the summer, I mean, I was already feeling very strong in my heart that this was going to be our word for the year, shared it with our elders, and they give, they've given me a lot of input. I like to, for our elders to give me input and scriptures and things that they're feeling in their heart as I begin to orchestrate and pull things together, because it's not just what God reveals to me, it's what God reveals to me. To, to the leaders of the church. And so so I I, I began putting this together and, and our theme for the year is ready. I, I struggled with it and I told the elders this back in I think it was October but I, I, I struggled with this thinking is should I say be ready that sounds better, better or readiness or or ready for action or ready but I thought no ready all by itself is actually what I feel God's saying to us because it has a lot of different directions that it'll go. And I'll be explaining more of that as we go through the year. But uh, as, we, as we move into this year, just to let you know, next Sunday, I'm going to be starting a, a four-part series and it's entitled Ready for the Unknown. Now, this is going to be a challenge to sharpen your faith, to take your faith to the next level, because truth be told, Kind of like what TJ mentioned a few minutes ago, faith is something we all struggle with from time to time. We really do. We we struggle with it, but I want to help work out some of the kinks of those struggles in this new series that I'm going to go through. We're going to look at how Abraham followed God by faith, and, and he didn't even know where he was going. He didn't know what was going to happen, but God worked incredible miracles for him and through him, and as a result, I mean, incredible, incredible things happened in his life. In fact, as he learned faith, he became faithful in other areas of his life. It literally changed him, and so God calls us to have faith, and we're going to be starting to talk about that next week. So I'm going to challenge your faith, challenge you to strengthen your faith, awaken your faith. But today, we're looking at Luke, all right? We're talking about ready Luke. Luke, Luke chapter 12, verse 35, look at this passage of Scripture. And this is where our theme Scripture for the year comes from. It says, be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Important. "...like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he..." This is, G, this is God, so Jesus is saying this. "...so that when he, the Lord, or the master, comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants, and we're the servants, whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve." will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready. Even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be what? Ready, because the Son of man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. And this is one of the uses of the word ready and 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 what is this about? Well, it's it's actually pretty obvious. This is this passage, this little story that he told is about being ready for the return of Jesus. Ready for the return of Jesus. So so but what what does it mean ready? Now I'll, I'll tell you guys, I've heard this all my life. Ever since I was a little kid, you gotta be ready for the return of the Lord. Well, well what does that mean? Well, growing up in church... I believed, and I'm not quite sure if it was the way it was taught or not, but it's what I believed. I believed being ready was twofold, was two things. One is you need to be saved. Jesus needed to be the Lord of your life. You know, you need to have your sins forgiven. And the second one is you couldn't have any sin in your life when Jesus comes. Because if so, you're going straight to hell. Now, that second part is not truth that's that's not true so we're not going to focus on that uh i i i literally believe this that if you had any sin in your life or even if you're you're about to die or and you don't ask god to forgive you of that sin maybe you were going 56 into 55 you broke the law that's sin and then all of a sudden you're going straight to hell because you deserve it because you're going one mile over the speed limit and you know better right Now, actually, (laughs) there's a lot more to this, and God forgives us of our sins, and he washes us and cleanses us, so we're in God's family. So a sin is not going to keep you out of heaven unless you are a sinner, which means you haven't been bought with the blood of Jesus. Now, on the other hand, what I'm sharing here at the beginning, that is not a license to just go and do whatever you want. But it's it's a freedom and a liberty that sin is not going to keep you out of heaven. It'll just bog you really down in this earth and can put you at risk of actually backsliding. Remember, you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, so the sin is, you know, God, God deals with that sin. But really, the scripture on this topic, which I find is really interesting, it and this scripture, and all, all the other scriptures that are similar on this topic, talks about shining. It talks about brightness. I, I found as this, this interesting correlation because I, I, it 's it's about flames burning and lamps and things that glow. I found that over and over and over that when it talks about ready, it also talks about light. And I began to connect the two and research this and study this and it was very, very rewarding because in one place, you'll notice in the scripture that we just shared with you, it said that you need to keep your lamps burning. Keep your lamps burning. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's, it definitely doesn't mean literal physical lamps burning, and so I dove, did a deep dive into this the, this this whole topic, and I'll tell you because of the deep dive into the topic, I found personally my life I feel more motivated to uh, express my relationship with Jesus in so many different ways to more people. It actually has motivated me to shine, to glow, to spread His light. And I hope that'll be the case for you as well. And it's actually accomplished by doing things. It's doing things. So when the scripture talks about keep your lamps burning, it's talking about you need to be doing something. Now, Matthew 5.14, let's take a look at this passage. It's up on the screens. You can look it up in your Bibles as well. Jesus said this. He says, you are the light of the world. See that? A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it. it's interesting. Now, he's saying that we're light, and it, the light, that lamp gives light to everyone in the house, everyone around. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven incredible passage of scripture, isn't it? So if you're saved, if you're a Christian, then you have this light in you, and you are supposed to let that light shine. And you do it very simply by good deeds, by your works. And, it's, and you do it in such a way that people are going to see it. I know that some Christians back off on that a little bit. It's like, well, I'm just going to worship the Lord, and I don't want anybody to know anything about it. Well, I I actually believe that that's a dangerous place to live based upon numerous scriptures that are in the Bible about being ready because it has so much to do with letting your light shine, doing certain things. Now, I I do realize that there is a perversion of this. Some people will take it and and go to an extreme. The Bible speaks about that in in other places. You don't want to do things that's going to draw attention to you or to build you up or to puff you up uh, because really the things that we're to do as we're doing these things, it's all about whatever we're doing, God gets the glory. Whatever you're doing, God is the one who's honored. And, and it's, it's not about exalting yourself. It's not about look at me, look what I did, look what I look how much I did. You're know, here, here, here in just a few days. We're going to be sending out our, our giving statements for the year. Please do not take a picture of your giving statement and put it out there on social media. Look what I gave to God's work this year. Congratulations. You, know, you wouldn't do that, would you? No, you wouldn't do that. But again, sometimes we Find ourselves doing things like that and, and it's all about just building ourselves up and I, I, I just know that the scriptures say that's not about that 's not the purpose of this the purpose is to exalt god so as I was studying this, I wanted to get a very clear description of what the Bible says about light. What is this What is the Greek term "light? What does it mean? Well, light means light. I like that. I like it when it's very simple, but it means light. It means a star. It means a fire. It means brightness. So what you do, what you are actually doing, is an expression of your faith. And when you do these certain things, you shine like a star. You illuminate like a fire. You're full of brightness. This is what I'm calling you to do. And there are very many practical things that you can do and i i want to today i 'm going to talk about several things that we are doing that you can do as a part of our church as well here 's one of the things uh, that that I shared with you a few months ago that we were going to start doing we've be, we 've been doing this, but we call it our four blocks litter stump and and it's it 's taking four blocks. We call them our four blocks, although we only own a little portion. We own this building. We own this property. But we own just a small part of one block. But what we decided is, no, you know what? We're going to take this block and that block and that block and that block. And we're going to go around and we're going to make sure our neighborhood is as clean as possible. And that really helps. Hopefully you're not getting out of your car and stepping on like a, a baby diaper or something like that. Have you ever had that happen? I had that happen at Walmart once. i was like, you know, that's just it. That's it. I don't know who's throwing their baby diaper. Out there in the parking lot, but but we want to. We not only want to have a clean area for you, but it's also for the neighborhood. You see, there are a lot of people around this neighbor in this neighborhood, and people in these office buildings and places. And so uh, this this allows us to let them know, hey, we have teams that are coming out and cleaning up, and and we're going to help. We're going to help cle- keep your business clean. We're going to help keep your property clean, even though it's not ours. On the books, we're going to act like it's ours. We're going to act like that block is ours. We're going to act like that block is ours. So what they've done is the city of so we're, we partner with the city of Fort Worth. They don't give us uh, they don't give us any uh, volunteers. The volunteers come from us, but they do give us little trash picker uppers or something, and some little vests and 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 gloves and little cool things. I think they even give us trash bags. But then what we do with that, the city says, okay, now we want you to take pictures. So what we do is we take pictures of the people that are doing it and what they're picking up, and then we send that back to the city. That's part of our accountability with them, but it's also a way for for them to see, okay, this church, they asked us to do that, but this church is sending people out into the neighborhood, and they're actually cleaning up property that doesn't even physically belong to them. My word, my word, you know? And so that is the attitude. This is the whole thing of letting your light shine. So the cool thing is, is I'm going to wait a little bit. I was going to do it earlier, but I thought, no, I'm going to wait till we've done this for a little while. And I'm, I'm, I already have a letter drafted, and I'm going to be hand-delivering it to all of the people in these four blocks. And it's several offices, a lot of different places, a lot of people. I'm going to be delivering them to the managers or owners of whatever businesses are there. I'm going to say, you know what? We, our church right over here, we're cleaning up, and we're, we're doing this for for you, we love our city, we love you, amen. Now, why would I do that? It's because I want the light to be shining bright in front of people so they see it. You know, they might just show up like, okay, everything's clean, the city must have sent a crew out. Actually, no. But I want them to know that, that God's people right here in their neighborhood are helping to take care of the property. And see, I don't get any of the glory. God gets all the glory. That's one of the ways to, that we do that. That's letting our light shine. We bring glory to the Lord. Now, we read the statements from Jesus in Matthew chapter number 5, but there's, it's interesting because there's a parallel passage to what I've just read in Matthew 5, and it's found in Luke 11. And you may want to look there as well. We're going to put it on the screens in a second. But Luke eleven thirty three. So what Luke does is he shares this same story, except there are some additional details here that Matthew didn't share. Just a little side note. Sometimes people say that when you read the Bible and you see two passages of the scripture about the same item and you find differences in them, then that's proof that the Bible is not true. But that's, that's actually just the opposite. The proof that the Bible wouldn't be true would be if like they're all saying the exact same thing word for word. That means they copied each other and that, that, uh, that they all have some kind of a scheme worked up. Now, just like you, if you were to leave here and write a few sentences about this sermon, what you write is going to be different from what she writes, which is going to be different from what he writes, which is going to be different from what he writes, a little bit different, and so even in a court of law, one of the ways that that, uh, that people are doing uh, with with police, if they're they're doing, uh, they're they're trying to find out how a crime happened or something like that, they will interview people and they will listen to their stories, and each person will have a different perspective. Each person will have different things they bring to the table, and that's actually a way that police know, hey, this is this sounds like the truth because. They're not all coming in here like they're reading from a script. So this is a way to know the Bible's true. Luke records some things that Matthew didn't record. Let's, look a, let's take a look at that. Luke chapter 11, verse 33. Again, the words of Jesus. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. You see that? They see the light. Now... I'll pause for a second here. He goes into something different here that was very, very cryptic for me. And I wanted to walk you through this. I've read this all my life, but this time I thought, I've got to dissect this thing and study it. So he says, your eye is the lamp of your body. That's the lamp, the light. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is is also is full of light. But when they, your eyes, are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. Okay. That's a little riddle right there. What does that mean? It says, so uh, it says, see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when the lamp shines its light on you. Okay. Let's, let's break this down just a little bit because this is where it gets really punchy after I finally started understanding what's going on here. Now, First of all, it says, when your eyes, verse 33, when your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. Take a look at that part. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is full of darkness. So that's what I had to hone in on. It's like, what is this thing about healthy eyes and unhealthy eyes? Again, so I went to the original language, and and I found this. The healthy, the word healthy means actually the, the basic original meaning of it it's generous. So when your eyes are generous, or when your eyes are unhealthy, it's just when your eyes are stingy. Isn't that interesting? Those are the real words there. Now, it's, there are a lot of different ways that it's translated. Uh, the King James Version of the Bible says that when your eyes are single... And it doesn't mean that your eye is married or anything like that. It has nothing to do with their marital status at all. But when your eyes are single, that means you have a singular focus. You know where you're going. You know what you're doing. And you're not just being random with your life. That's interesting. That that means being generous. That means being healthy, all right? And then the unhealthy part says that, you know, which, which was translated originally meant stingy. It's interesting because that word also is translated in the King James Bible as evil. Some of you may see that in your Bibles. So in other words, when you look at the world, when you look at the culture, when you're doing your stuff in the world, and you do it with a healthy, generous, singular focus, what you are doing is you're flooding everything with light. And and again, keep in mind, this is spiritual in nature. So it means that you are spiritual spiritually healthy, that you're generous in your deeds. You have this singular focus that you're going to do some good deeds that are going to bring glory to God. Now, what that does is that projects the light everywhere. Now, I I like it because there is that contrast with the opposite. It says when you look at the world, uh, basically when you look at the world in this position of being spiritually unhealthy, stingy, or possibly an evil focus, that's what it means, You're not emanating light. What you're doing is you are perpetuating darkness. And here's what's even more amazing is Jesus was talking to his followers here. So basically what we can say is Christians can be guilty of living their lives in a way that are spiritually unhealthy, stingy, with an evil focus, and all we're projecting is darkness. But that puts us in a very dangerous place spiritually, really possibly even for eternity. Now, think about this. You don't want to be perpetuating and releasing darkness, do you? You don't. That's why, I like, verse 33, Luke 11, 33. it says, Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will be just as full as light as when a lamp shines its light on you. Okay, so in other words, when you live like this, you're not only projecting light, but you're causing a light to shine on you. Now, right now, I'm standing under the lights. And, uh, and there are really smart people, much smarter than me, who design all this lighting and everything. I would just use a flashlight or something like that. But no, you've got to have more lights. So you do this. And sometimes, like, if you walk up on this platform and you've never been up here before, uh, your immediate reaction might be like, oh, the light, the light. Oh, it's killing my eyes. But, but, but that's, that's this light that's shining on I me. Mean, we do it so that you'll have a way to focus, you see. It helps. Light helps with focus. Plus, it also helps with our cameras. Now, you can't see this, but but on the cameras, if you guys follow me, if you were to watch this online or if you're watching online, you're going to see that I'm, I'm really light here. Now, I walk over here. All of a sudden, I have basically disappeared. It is very difficult to see me through the video because I'm in the dark this is a dark spot here. So like people who work the platform, they know don't stand here because nobody's going to be able to see you online. But see, see, I walk back into the light. I'm bright again. If you're watching online, all of a sudden you saw, wow, he, he's back. He disappeared for a while, but he's back. It's funny because I was watching last week's uh, sermon and, and last week's sermon, I, as you know, I was wearing a sling at that time and I had dressed in all black because I was trying to hide my sling, but it didn't work. And, you know, so I, I mean, you, you do things like that too. You know you do. But I, I was watching. I was watching the video, and, and I was preaching. Everything looked good here, and then I walked over in this spot, and all of a sudden. All I could see was a face and a hand. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't do that anymore. You see, don't, don't do that anymore. This is this is not the way to, 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 to do it. But but what happens is is when you live this way, there's like a spot. You're not only giving out light, but a spotlight shines on you. It's like the light is everywhere. And now people can see your good works, and what are they gonna do? They're gonna glorify God in heaven. In fact, <laughs> this the scripture says that you're not only going to have light on you, but you're going to emanate and you're going to project that light, and that's the way our lives should be. In fact, I have this statement for you in your notes. It says, "When the world sees you, you should be beaming with the light of God through your deeds, through your actions." You know, there there's, there are opportunities to do this everywhere. If you'll just pay attention and look for the opportunities. Uh, If you live to um, emanate the, the light of God, the truth is you're going to always be looking for ways to glorify the Lord, to honor the Lord. And your good deeds and your your works, they're going to have a twofold effect. First of all, they're going to cause other people to glorify God. But another thing that it does is it causes people to see and say, hey, I could do that as well. I think I will pick up the mantle and do that for other people as well. I think I can serve just like that as well. See, one of the things that we do around here is uh, let's say like when we have a a special emphasis or maybe we've had a project day or, or an event and we had a bunch of volunteers. A lot of times... We'll do something. We'll come back up here on the Sunday following and we'll read a list of names. These people all served and helped. And it's, and so we'll say, thank you very much. That's very, very appropriate. But it's not about giving them glory. It's so that other people can see, oh, well, my goodness, if, if, uh, if DJ, if, he, if he's actually able to come out here and do some of this stuff, then I can too. And so you, you, it motivates others to be able to participate in things like that. So, so... Don't hide your light. Let it shine in front of other people, so that they can see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. We have something around here which we call cultural streets, and if you aren't familiar with it, go to the app, take the cultural streets test, and and get to know how you can make a difference outside the church in the culture. At City Life, we have four values, four of our core values, but one of them is this. I just want to briefly mention it. It's our core value of godly influence, and in the verbiage of that, it says that we that what we are doing is we are people who are being salt and light wherever we go. I want you to be, I'm not talking about the salt part today, but I'm talking about the light. Now we know what what does the light mean? Does it mean we're just shiny? Does it mean you have sparkly teeth? Does it mean that, that no, no, that's not what it means. Shining means you're doing the works of God and you're doing things that are going to bring glory to God. It's, It's very, very, very simple. You know, I, I, and I don't say this to magnify myself at all, because this happened quite some time ago. But it's interesting. A, uh, a few week, several weeks ago, I was at the gym, and the gym was getting ready to close and finishing up and showering and everything, go home. I am under this obligation that I do not go home until I've showered, so I, I don't, I'm not one of the guys that goes and works out, come home sweaty, like, hey, babe, how you doing? You know, i, I well showered. But there was, there was this older gentleman who was in the uh, in the locker room, and he he was struggling to get dressed. He just couldn't get dressed. So I was like, "Do you need some help?" <laughs> and there I start helping the old man getting his clothes on and get getting him fixed up and talking to him. And I'm getting ready to leave, and then all of a sudden he says, "I or, or actually he, he tries to he's starting to leave. I'm starting to leave. The gym's closed." And then he says, well, I, I lost my keys." I can't get into my car. I've lost my keys. So I go back in and, I, and I'd, I'd knock on the door. Hey, open up, open up. And the lady inside, she was real nice. She opened back up. I said, hey, dude over here, this guy, he lost his keys in here." So we searched for an hour, search, searched, eventually found it in his backpack. And got, you know, helping the guy to get his keys in his car and to go home. And after it was all said and done with like, wow, I'm, I'm grateful to God that I did that. Uh, it's, but it's not about me because I don't get my name exalted. But in the process of that, I had a chance to talk to him. And I talked to him about my relationship with the Lord. I talked to him about what I do. I talked to him about why I'm here doing this right now. And I also, it was a Saturday night, I remember clearly. And, and I said, "Yeah, I got to be going because I got to get back to the office. I still have a more study to do and everything like that. And, and, uh, and so the guy said, well, can I pray for you? I said, you know how to pray? Like, so we, we had this great conversation. It was a moment where God was glorified. There are th- opportunities for you all around all around. In fact, you know one of the things you can do? I think our next cards, I I don't like sit and hang out with next cards all the time, but but I think on the back of our next cards, there are some opportunities for serving. You can just simply go down there and mark something. Hey, I'd like to serve in this area. One of the things we're going to be doing here in just a few weeks, and I'm really excited about it. I haven't shared this with you yet. I've shared it with the elders, but we're going to have an Easter neighborhood outreach. Here's a cool thing. Back when we first started our church, guys, we did something on Fridays because how in the world are you going to let people know you're here in this neighborhood? It's, it's not easy. You don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's not as easy just to go around to the neighbors and say, hey, we're here. So we started something and we called it Marketplace Church. And it was, it was at noon on Fridays. We would do that every Friday. Donna, that's how you started attending. You were working up on the 39th floor of Burnett Plaza. Yeah, I remember. And, uh... Yeah, because one day you took my keys with you back to work, and I couldn't get into anything, and we had to go hunt you down and trade keys. That was that was interesting, but but uh, but there was this individual who started attending our church through Marketplace Church. He would come to the Friday church. Didn't come to Sunday church, but Friday church. And this person was uh, was, a, was a police officer, and the per- person then ended up leaving the Fort Worth Police Department and and wanted to give his life to ministry. And part of what happened here was a result of that. Well, long story short, now he, he works with an organization called the School of Urban Ministry, which is based out of California. And he is bringing an outreach event to... The Metroplex and, uh, and the School of Urban Ministry, they're going to be sending out possibly hundreds of students that will be coming here to the DFW area, and some of those students are going to come here to a city life, and they're going to help us to blitz our neighborhood and to get the word out about Easter. So I would love it if you, I, 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 you know, I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to make the staff do it. They, they, They don't even have a choice. I really hope as many elders as possible will do it, but I would love it if you would be involved in this. And, and the way to do so is just first and foremost, I'll tell you more about it later, but mark off March 24th and 25th. Get it, get it on your calendar. March 24th and 25th. That's two weeks before Easter. So what we'll do is we'll come here and they're going to work with us. They're going to help us and students are going to be with us. And we'll have our stuff about city life. We're going to get it into all the neighborhood. If you, if you can take off on that Friday, do it. Please take off that Friday. Or take off that Saturday. Take off those two days or even one of the two and be out here with us because this is going to be uh, an exciting, exciting event. And even if you can't the whole day Friday, take off half the day Friday. But mark it on your calendars now so that you can make plans for that. Uh, That's a good way to sacrifice a holiday or a day off or some PTO. Sacrifice that for the kingdom of God. So excited about that. And you know, here's another thing at the end of church today, as you're leaving, these opportunities are everywhere, but we're going to be handing out little bundles of invitation cards. We call them invest and invite cards, so you can invite people to church. It's just an easy thing to carry with you as, as a, uh, the, the kind of like business cards. Just carry them with you. Write a note on there. Put your number on there. Invite somebody to church. You'll get bundles of those on your way out today. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to take action, for you to do some good deeds, because there is something powerful about being God's light. Now, as I was studying for this, I, I, um, I was pr- actually I was praying about it, and uh, and I began to recite some scriptures from the Old Testament, and it was about Moses. And so I went back and looked in these these scriptures that I, they were in my head, and. I began to look at what was actually happening there. And, and I, if you'd like to join me, look at this. You can look at this in Exodus chapter 33, Exodus thirty-three fifteen. 15. But Moses was this man of incredible, incredible faith. He was taking the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. But on his way, when they were in the wilderness, I mean, this man, he had radical, radical, radical faith. But you know what he did? He had a prayer. He said, God, I love this prayer. It's intense. But he said, God, I want myself and your people, and it was probably, you know, could have been between one and two million people at that point. But I want these people and I want me, I want us to be different than the rest of the people in the world. And God, if you're not going to make us shine, if you're not going to make us different, then I don't, just let us rot in the desert. Let us just die here in the desert because I don't want to do this if we're just going to be the same as everybody else. That's a passionate prayer right there. See, he craved the presence of God. He craved the brightness and the light of God. And he knew that only God could allow them to be distinguished from the rest of the world. Exodus thirty-three, fifteen. 15, look at this. It says, he's praying, he's talking to God. He says, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? This is good. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I like it when God talks back to you. He says, I will do the very thing you have asked because I'm pleased with you. I know you by name. And then Moses said, now show me your glory. That word glory, that word glory is important because it means weightiness. It also means brightness. It means light. So God did so. And Moses had this powerful encounter with God. And I'll just tell you guys, there's something about spending time in the presence of God that increases this glow, this shining of God that comes out of our lives. In fact, uh, Jake mentioned it earlier, but the week of fasting and prayer, prayer and fasting starts today. And I hope you'll join me tonight at 6 o'clock. I'm going to begin with a period. We usually don't do teaching at our prayer meetings, but I'm going to do a brief teaching on fasting and prayer. And then we're going to move into a time of prayer at 6 p.m. tonight. Noon, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, noon, we're gonna be gathering right out here in the foyer to pray. I hope you'll join me because spending time with God, especially with God's people, if you're able to do so, it just enlarges the light that shines out of you. Now look in Exodus 34, verse 29. Flip over a page or two. I want you to see Exodus 34, 29. This is the result of his passion to have the glory of God on it. Exodus 34, 29, it says, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant (laughs) because he, why? Because he had spoken with the Lord. I'll tell you guys, sometimes I will run into people in the community and they just look radiant and he gets to talking to him like yeah i've been praying i've been spending some time with the lord when people leave our prayer meetings i've noticed this there's a glow there's a radiance but that is something that god that you can do but you have to take the effort to spend the time with god to do it i i want to see more of his brightness i want to see the i want to see more of the light of god in my life i do I want you to follow me on this journey because I want to see more of the light and the glow and the glory of God in your life and in our church. I want us to truly be the light of the world, just like Jesus said. Really, here it is. Here's here's how to be ready with radiant living. Very simple. First of all, spend time in God's presence. That's that's part of why we're doing our week of prayer, week of fasting and you don't have to just go a week you can go as long as you would like and typically when we do our weeks of fasting and prayer prayer and fasting i typically go a lot longer than that myself but but we're going to ha- we do set aside this one week a second one is to be full of the holy spirit because the holy spirit is this is like the fuel it's like the oil the holy spirit oil represents the holy spirit but it's like the oil that burns and that's what's being burned so what people are feeling and sensing is actually the holy spirit and then you do works and deeds that magnify god it's really that simple when i was a little kid we used to sing this little song this little light of mine how many y'all y'all sang that song yeah okay more of you know that than knew the royal ranger motto but uh but we used to sing this song we'd put up a little finger like a candle you remember that this little light of mine. I have got to stop playing here for a second because you're gonna mess me up. I, I can't do that. Yeah, I'm not as good as y'all. Okay, you know this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Come, on, you wanna sing with me? You know you do. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Yeah. Okay, we're going to the next verses. Y'all just, y'all get it. And I think people invented extra verses to that song. Like our 20 verses. Okay, I'm not gonna drop it down. I'm gonna, okay, just stop. But, but, but that song is powerful because it was about this little light. And guys, if even you bear a little bit of light, eyes are gonna be drawn to it. If I were to turn every light out in here, draw the blinds, turn off the screens, and light just simply a little match or a little candle, every one of your eyes would immediately go to the light. Immediately. That's how we are to be. See, a little light impacts heavily. Heavily, Do not think, I don't have much to give. My light is not very bright. My light is not very beautiful. No, you just do it. Because even the smallest light pierces the darkness. The smallest deeds pierce the darkness. And God is magnified. And light, even a small light, will always, always stand out. Here's the truth. Light does not blend in. It doesn't just blend in. Uh Church, you are not called to blend into the culture. You are not called to blend in. You are called to be a light and to be distinct in the culture, in the world, but not of it. As a a pastor, it's my desire, as well as a mandate from God have this responsibility to God, that I'm supposed to do everything I can to help you and to get you, to encourage you, to provoke you if I have to, to shine brightly and make Jesus known. And that's the cry of my heart. That's the cry of my heart. I want you to be ready to shine, ready to shine. You guys, will you guys be willing to take some action on this? Yeah. Let's, let's pray. First of all, if you're here today and you're not in relationship with Jesus, there's sin in your life, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to allow God to forgive you of that sin. It's as simple as praying a prayer. And then we're gonna do this, and then I wanna pray a special blessing over you guys. We're gonna sing one more song there in a second. But first of all, I tell you, none of this works, what I just told you. None of this works unless... You're a believer. None of this works unless you're a believer. You see, because when you do the good deeds and you're not a believer, all it does is bring glory and honor to you. I really want every person in this room to, to have Jesus Christ at the throne of your heart, of your life, for your sins to be forgiven. There's no looking around right now. If you need to give your life to the Lord, if you need your sins forgiven, it's just as simple as praying a prayer with me here in just a second. I want you to do that. You're going to make a prayer by faith that God is going to wash your sin away and he will make you as if you have never sinned before. So here's how how to do it. I want to connect my faith with yours. So if that's you, you need Jesus today. You want to give your life to the Lord. It's count of three, lift your hand up high so that I can see it. And then we're going to pray together. Come lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor. I need Jesus today. Thanks. Who else? Thanks. Thanks. Who else? I need Jesus today. My sin forgiven. I'm turning my old life around. Anyone else? Lift your hand for me real quick. Thank you. You can put your hands down. If you lifted your hand, pray these words congregation, I want you to pray this as well as an encouragement to those who are giving their life to the Lord. Pray these words. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me with your precious blood. Today I make the choice to reject my old life, to reject the sin in my life, and to begin a new life with you. I leave the old behind and I embrace the new that you have for me. And also, Lord, I make the choice to let your light shine through me. I'm going to do things. I'm going to take action. I'm going to make a difference and bring glory and honor to you. I want to pray for you, everyone, just to receive. In fact, just stand all across this room. Stand, please stand with me. God, I pray for everyone in this room as well as those who are watching online. Lord, I pray, and just receive this prayer, church. God, I pray that you will give the people of God boldness. Lord, I pray for a greater measure of Holy Spirit power upon our lives, upon our families, upon our church. Lord, God, I pray that we will be people who who look at this world with our eyes, with generous, healthy, singular focus, and that we will flood this earth with your light. God, I pray that we will be people who are spiritually healthy, that we are generous in good deeds, that we have this singular focus that brings good deeds, to to you, good deeds to the culture, and to bring you glory and honor. God, use our hands. Use our feet. Use our voices. Use us to make a difference in this world. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.